I had a, a patron. There's no other way to describe her, a woman who's been buying my artwork for almost 20 years. She passed away. And after she passed, I got big packages of things like quilting, like anti-quilting templates and just amazing things that don't really fit, you know, what I do. I've been holding on to them. And I took out three nice things and I put the rest on the free table. And I was able to put them on the free table knowing that someone in my building was going to lose their mind with happiness to discover those things and make something out of those things. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. So glad you're here today to hang out with me at my sunny windowsill. Today, I have a really great conversation with an artist that I've admired for many years, Amy Rice. Amy is a Minneapolis-based mixed media artist, and her nostalgic, subtly street art influence works are deeply defined by her Midwestern roots. Growing up in a rural area, Amy found inspiration in the surrounding flora and fauna which really comes through in her work. Over the course of her career, Amy has developed an appreciation for the simplistic yet beautiful things in life. Amy has exhibited her work extensively at galleries in the U.S. and beyond and has received multiple grants and commissions. In Amy's words, in 2010, my art was featured on the Minnesota public television series, Minnesota Original. In the interview, I stated that I was making a creative shift from painting my present and my past to painting my present and what I wanted my future to look like. The segment ends with me asserting that I believe I will have the cabin on a lake with a swan paddle boat and big gardens, which were the topics of my paintings at the time of the filming. It's been eight years and I have the cabin. It's tiny and on a creek and not a lake. I'm still looking for that elusive swan paddle boat, but I do in fact have the big gardens. I've painted dogs before I met them and flowers before I grew them. I have side-by-side art and photos where the art came first, and it seems like some sort of alchemy, but it's really nothing more than goal setting in paint. I'm not satisfied anymore with a big garden. I want acres of stripes and living colors. I want my fields to be my canvas and flowers to be my paint. Slowly, year by hardworking year, it's happening. My paintings are just a few steps ahead of my reality. So I imagine that that's tempting you. 
In the show notes, you'll find lots of places to find Amy's work and what we talk about in this wonderful interview from Amy Rice, just a colorful, delightful, hardworking, honest thinking, future dreaming, wonderful woman. So here we go. I am so excited to have my friend Amy on today. Haven't seen you in forever. It's been a long time. Uh, the Craft Council, I believe, was the last time I saw you in real life. And I oh, haven't gosh. been to one of those in a long time. So I know none of us have been anywhere, but I yeah. used to be able to just go over to your studio and see what was happening. Right. That's, it's, it's, it's been a while, but your studio is, Amy's studio is just bright and, and energizing and inspirational. And yeah, I've even climbed up in your attic, if I do recall. <laughs> I am so I'm so thankful I was able to keep it like you know there was always the risk the last two years because you know I paid my studio rent from open studio events no not every month but every couple months for uh, I've been in my studio 12 years this this uh this week 12 years this week so Amy's studio is in Minneapolis and a really Mm -hmm. cool industrial-ish built what was that building originally it's the it was a grain. everything was a grain building And then it was a vacuum company or uh, factory for a very long time, but it's been an artist studio building for 30 plus years. Wow. That's great. How long have you had your studio there? 12 years this week. That's what you just said. Yeah. 12 years. That's, that is amazing to hold on through these times and, you know, count on, count on your people, count on your clients to, or, you know, new and old to support that. And we haven't been able to show up in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So and the building owners have been, they're just amazing. They're very supportive of the arts. And so, um, you know, rent didn't go up in the last two years and, you know, they, they've done a great job of keeping it clean and keeping people safe. And, um, I just, I, I've always loved my studio, but I appreciate it so much more. My husband's been working from home for two years. Mm. He goes back Monday. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so that's been, you know, to have somewhere else to go, to be able to go somewhere like safe and on my own. And, you know, it's just, and if any of you are in or near Minneapolis and you don't already know about Amy, you, and if you do get over there, there's an, there's, well, you have, there's shows coming up, but Oh, it's just mm-hmm. a great, it's a great thing to do. So if, I would just want to kind of dig back into how you kind of got into this and your inspiration, some of your inspirations and things, your work. I, I literally remember where I was the first time I saw it, it was a funny little gallery downtown. I don't remember. It was anyway, I, it just struck me instantaneously. I've, I've been a giant fan ever since just the imagery, the colors, your, your technique, it's, it always has felt very unique and original to me. And you've, you've held that line really well. And, and as you continue to create new things, and I just really, really respect that. Thank you. Yeah. How, how did all did, you know, did you start as a kiddo? What were your inspirations? I always made art, like art was art supplies were what I asked for, for every birthday and every Christmas. And, um, 4-H was a big, I grew up on a farm, 4-H is a big part of our, our life. And so I took um, rabbits and sheep and then an mm-hmm. art project every year. And I, I love often, that. I know it was nice. And then, you know, it work. my parents took it very seriously. It wasn't just something you just did. It's like, if you took a project for 4-H, 
you were committed to that for the entire year. I love um, that you did sheep and art. And did you say one more? Rabbits. Yeah. Rabbits. Yeah. yeah. That's because she, I mean, doing any one of those things is a huge project to take, mm -hmm. but all, all of that is a lot. I've showed, right. I showed sheep for 4-H, so I can't oh, really? Did you? I was the Jefferson County Sheep Princess in 1986. <laughs> oh my God, I love that so much. I'm writing that down. <laughs> I love that. Oh, see, uh, what kind so, of art did you take? Do you remember? Oh yeah, uh, my dad was really into like, people painting on saw blades oh, and gosh, like, yeah. chunks of wood and like so found objects I feel like that found object part of my artwork has been there since the very beginning and um you know farm scenes as small animals you know tractors yeah. just and it, rural things because that yeah. you know, was my life um well and your color sense is amazing I think oh thank you thanks where do you think that or what inspires you for that? Where do you think mm, that comes from? I love color, man. I'm somebody who like, if I'm driving down the road and I see a vehicle, that's an unusual color. Like it distracts to me. <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? I do, like, yeah. Um, and it's just like, if I buy new art supplies, I can't just buy like a few, like I need every single color. And um, I love going into paint supply stores and just looking at color chips. I just I do. Too. It's just a, there's something that happens in my brain, especially when like I see an unusual color or a, a new color. Um, and I'm really interested in how other people see color. My mm -hmm. husband, he insists he is not at all colorblind. I just see colors way better than him. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a truth to both of yeah. those things, but I always, I'm, whenever somebody says like, oh, I really like that burgundy XYZ, I'm like, huh <laughs> burgundy right that is you do know what I mean like I'm just yeah. like, color has always been very interesting to me and it sparks something for I me. love that well I feel like looking at your work even just the backgrounds and the combinations are very they're they're resonant they they're very rich and they they just work so well together so I always feel like I'm going to like any of it and and that really it really comes across and I feel like your nature background must play a part in that too. I've, I can imagine your childhood, like just kind of getting in and looking at the middle of a flower and what that was. And I'm imagining it, but to be true. <laughs> I feel like as a, I was thinking, somebody asked me who my art inspiration was at an art show opening a couple of years ago. And you'd think that's a question I would have thought about in advance and right. But I, I was a little stumped, but I realized it was, um, I grew up with a lot without art. Like mm -hmm. there just, there wasn't an art in our home. There wasn't art. There wasn't art anywhere. Um, yeah. but we would get the current greeting card catalog. Oh yeah. And yeah. Mary Inglebright was one of those artists. And then there were a whole handful of other yeah. Um, you know, like uh, cute little wildlife things, yes. right? And I just, I don't think I really recognized until that, until that question at that specific art show, like I was really inspired by illust illustrative artists making greeting cards and calendars and stickers. Yeah. And right. I never stickers really were such it. a thing. Yeah. Stickers were huge. <laughs> well, as a kiddo, you know, not having you know, what it's what comes your way. Right. So those mm -hmm. catalogs, absolutely. And, and I imagine like going to the fair and seeing what other projects were around and <clears throat> excuse me, things like that. But 
So I, that's what I feel like really comes through in your work is the inspiration from your life and your world around you. Like mm-hmm. you're, how long ago was it that you got your property? Uh, seven years ago. And I mean, long. there's been a sig- pretty significant shift in, um, I don't feel like in the mood or the colors or the composition, but definitely I went from city tall bikes to yeah. sandhill cranes and beavers. Yeah. Kind of quickly. You know? So tell us a little bit about, about that, about how that came to be and what that's done for you. Cause I feel like it's just magical, your property and what it you- is. I, I love it. So my husband and I would, um, before we were married, we would get a cabin, you know, here and there for the weekend. And at some point we just kind of said, you know, we would like this for our, for ourselves. And, um, you know, maybe a little cabin on a lake, but turns out we couldn't afford a cabin on a lake and we couldn't even really afford anything out of river. So we ended <laughs> up with like 40 acres of farm property with a creek and uh you know no infrastructure nothing no one had done anything with it for you know 50 years wow so you know like the first year was just like road like we had to put in our own road and um you know just it's been it's a very been a very slow slow process but um I really I give my husband a lot of credit for having the vision of like the highest ground and where we should put the buildings and what would make good gardening. And, but, you know, every year we add something new. We in 20, the summer of 2020, we dug our own well, like hand. Wow. The the whole well system for water. And um, we have solar power. We're just, you know, we're, we're not on the grid, but it's our, our long-term goal really is that by the time my husband retires, I mean, we both have careers. So this flower farming thing is really it's a, it's a way to utilize the property and figure out what can we do with it. And mm-hmm. we're just hoping that, um, cause I'll never retire. I'll make art forever. Right. But when he retires, we'll have some like, niche agricultural business that he can do. Just, you know, fuddle around as an old man growing, like whatever it is we settle on. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, flowers are, I love flowers. Flowers are beautiful. Um, it's not, I'm not going to say it's easy to grow a ton of flowers, but it's, I mean, it's been so enjoyable. It's just, and my husband's very like, I did a painting of like the background was all rows and rows of colors of different flowers, like, yeah. like a flower farm. And, um, and I feel like he and I are on the same page that we're going to make that happen. Oh, I love We're going to make that background do that thing. And every year we get a little closer to like, if you squint your eyes at the right time of year, right. <laughs> it's going to be right there. Well, I figure i I feel like Ever since you've had that property, you've been growing something almost since you could figure right, out the how, first right? Was heirloom uh, squash, uh, winter squash, because they're oh, pretty, right. right? They're beautiful. And I was like, you know, that's a good market, like a good thing, because, you know, you don't have to sell them right away. They have a good shelf life yeah. or whatever. And we did pretty well, but that year, it was a good year for squash. So everybody yeah. did well. So like the, <laughs> like the profitability situation right. is a squash poor. flood. <laughs> right. and then I, heard, the- I actually heard a podcast, uh, Deborah Mesner, uh, uh-huh. Slow Flowers. I was, I was on the airplane on the way back from an art show opening in Philadelphia. And um, I just kept taking the headphones off and saying, Matt, listen to like what you can make per acre and not that we've made a not that we're making a huge profit or whatever but i got him on board with uh with good math you know yeah. and, 
And so I know it's, it's some flowers work out, some flowers don't work out. Every year I try a new thing and if it works, I double down on it the next year. And one of these years I will like be like, I am now Dahlia farmer or I am now a lavender farmer. Yeah. I just don't know yet. Do you have a favorite? I still love zinnias the best. Yeah, there's, they're so you. They're so you. <laughs> they're so representational. When I think of, of you, Amy, I think zinnias, I think hollyhocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, the you know, hollyhocks. And just that whole series that was sort of botanical shapes with the bees. And, and I just think flowers and growing things because you, it just seems like you, you love them so much. I mean, you embrace them so much and you, you do such a good job of representing them in your artwork. Thank you. I, I love that. Oh, I can't wait to see where it goes because it's, it's one of my favorite, like places to go in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I think I'll just go to Amy's property today <laughs> in my mind. You are always welcome to come. To- <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your process is very unique too, I think, and very much you, and it's something that you you know, obviously developed over time, but how did that, how did that work out for you? Um, I've always liked printmaking, but I'm not somebody who would have the patience to do like the same print over and over again. Like I always am like, I'm going to do this series of things and I'm going to do 20 of the same thing. And it never works out. I do two. And then I'm like, onto a new thing. So I think that kind of had a lot to do with it where I would have, you know, like I would print 20 things and then I wasn't interested in having them be the same. So I'd Mm. cut them up and paste them together or, um, you know, I think that had a lot to do with it. Like the found and being, having that found object um, Mm -hmm. background from as a child. Um, And then, uh, you know, when I was younger, much younger, um, you know, graffiti art, stencil art, um, that was pretty big influence on my artwork mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I also, I'm self-taught. I, I don't have a lot of rules, mm-hmm. you know, for myself. I think that's the best. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, I can't do that. Like, that's like, you have to sign this that way. And you have to like right. use this medium for that. And you can't put, you know, uh, you know, whatever you can't do that. I'm like, oh, I can do I can do anything I want, right? right. I can do whatever I, I want in my artwork. And I think know. that's, I honestly, I feel like non-traditional methods and self-taught often gets us the most refreshing work because you're like, I'm just going to try these things together. Nobody told me I couldn't or that I could. So let's just see what works. Right. I'm not stuck. And I think early in my career too, I remember being at the gym and this, like some young artists next to me going to art school talking about not being trying to get an exhibition trying to get a show Mm. and I was just like there are a million coffee shops you just put your artwork up on one right and I've you know since the beginning of my career I've not been shy about you know you know, Palmer's bar, pizza, luce, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's I can't getting it. I'm represented by Groveland now, so I can't do that anymore. <laughs> awesome. But it did get you seen by so many yeah. of your clients, right? And so many, yeah. you know, the work, the way to do it is to get yourself out there. You know, I spent every, for years, every month, like every, the first of every month, I took a show down somewhere and then I put a new show up somewhere else, like, you know, every month. And, you know, I was making new work and I just, love that. 
um, really that's such a good, hustling. that's such a good point. It is hustling, but it's also, it's keeping you, it's pushing you to be creative and to create mm-hmm. and to, and outreach and, you know, all of that. It's not waiting for that perfect thing. It, it's right. what is that coffee shop or that pizza place? Right. I know people often say, well, that sounds like something that's a good thing for a grant. And I'm like, well, it does, but I could start it tomorrow. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Let you, I know you have grant, you know, expertise, but yeah, Mm -hmm. let's start it tomorrow. Right. How how do you think you became aware of some of these more non-traditional methods? Were were you just, because obviously it was pre-internet. Were you just seeing things or like, was it hardware store, art store, curiosity or? You know, I think it was curiosity mostly. Um, like I said, the street art I did just at the just before the internet at the beginning of the internet is when I started my job working with adult artists living mm-hmm. with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And I ran a program for over a decade where it was an open studio where, um, it, it wasn't art therapy, it was for artists mm-hmm. who had challenges to getting their artwork out there. So many of those artists had, um, you know, uh, master's degrees or undergraduate degrees in art and so I learned so much wow yeah just you know being the studio manager for people making all different kinds of art I'm also really curious about how people make art like Mm -hmm. I you know I'll ask a million questions and if somebody says it's proprietary or whatever I you know I'll move on okay (laughs) I want to know right and I'm crafty like I've always been crafty like my grandma was super crafty like you know Yeah. yeah You figured out how to paint on saw blades though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And do all of that. So, but that back to work, that work that you did, that, that must've been really fascinating. Cause I think that's an issue for a lot of people is getting their work out there. So to have actual resources for that Mm -hmm. must've been motivating for you Mm -hmm. as well, but, but seeing kind of what people's blocks are, did that Mm -hmm. help you with your own? I don't have creative blocks. No, I know you're a doer. I love I, that. Yeah. And you know, I just, I have a billion ideas and, you know, I mean, sometimes I get bogged down by having too many ideas, you mm-hmm. know, but I think, you know, actually I think the, the art career I have now so much was because of what I did with the artists working with disabilities. I was so, so again, just pre-internet like going to the library and getting every book on how to become an artist how mm-hmm. to approach a gallery how to document your work and this is when we were documenting with like you know slides you'd have yeah. to send a carousel of right. slides oh my gosh yeah right i mean yep. right so um as i was helping other artists with that, you know, like we're gonna write an artist statement, we're gonna make a body of work and it's gonna be eight to 10 pieces and they're all gonna go together. And then we were gonna do right, like that whole right, that, like process. Yes, like, particular ways to, to do, do that things. for other people. Uh-huh. And um, as I learned to do that for other people, cause my work was a, art was a hobby. Like I was a mm. hobby artist. Also I was a graffiti artist and I was like, mm. like. <laughs> yeah, what am I gonna do with this? Right, um, and then the one of the, the first galleries that wanted to work with my, the artist I worked with was like, Hey, what, what is this work you're doing? And so I was kind of like, it was karma. You know, if you help other people, like you, we, we just, we just pulled each other up. Yeah. 
I love that. So, so did your work and start, you started putting your work out into the world because of that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I, so, um, like the real origin of my, I, I graduated from Augsburg. I have an undergraduate degree in sociology and I immediately decided I wanted to be an organic vegetable farmer. Um, my wow. parents were like, are you flipping kidding me? We just, you know, just <laughs> all this time. We thought we told you. <laughs> right. And they were farmers and they're like, that's ridiculous. So, um, but I did it, you we're know, ahead of I, your time. Yeah. I, you know, it was something I was very passionate about was like food justice and equity just about like way back then. And, um, I've always documented like my life, like sketchbooks and, um, paintings, like whatever's happening, like I'm drawing it. So like I had a lot of drawings of like tomato plants and vegetables, Mm -hmm. sprouts and wheelbarrows and like a new ladder and like all the things that went with, um, being a, a starter farmer. And then I, I would take that to the farmer's market with my produce and it was very successful. The art was successful, the produce, oh, wow. not so much. Oh gosh. So I started kind of being like, maybe this is, I don't think I, I never thought that, oh, I could be in a gallery. No, but I did right. think I could have an art show at, you know, like somewhere in the cities and hang my art on the wall. And I just have to focus and make eight to 10 pieces that go together. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. It was intentional. Like there was like this intention. Yeah. Um, and it just stemmed from people really responding to my artwork at the farmer's market. And so that that I love that kind of train of thought because how many of us, you know, I people listening maybe like I can remember lettering things, right? Like I would be selling something, but I'd my favorite part would be lettering the sign for it or whatever. And so I, I love that you paid attention to what people were responding to. And it was fun for you because mm-hmm. you were doing it anyway, but just for yourself. And then it slowly, then, then the library came in, like, how do I, how yeah. do I, where do I go next? Right. And it, um, you know, and I feel in a lot of ways I was in the right place at the right time. Like, yeah. um, like art star gallery in Philadelphia opened and other galleries, um, paper boat in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a handful that were yeah. crafty right they were taking fine art they but also they were very interested in where that fine art and that fine craft were merging yes um and that was new yes i just that i fit right in like that was a perfect place for me at a perfect time in the art that i was making um and additionally an outsider art gallery opened in minneapolis Mm -hmm. right down the block from me that was you know, very successful for a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's in Vancouver. Outsiders others is, you mm. know, a successful gallery in Vancouver. Yeah. And I was I just found out this week I have a solo show there next year. Oh, so. awesome. What's it called, so, Amy? Outsiders. Outsiders and others. Okay. So like if that gallery once have opened when it did, where it did, right. at the time I was making the work I was making, right. like it all just it just came together for me. Yeah. And, I, and I also feel like Minneapolis, Minnesota too, are very supportive mm-hmm. of the arts. The art community is very, in my experience, has been very supportive. I joined Rosalux Art Gallery as a, as a collective shortly after that and just yeah. had the best, ex- like best experience watching some of the most prolific well-known artists in the Twin Cities go from their first gallery show to, you know, being in New York City this week for the 
Yeah. Whatever, whatever big thing is happening in New York City this week. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? What is it? I'll look it up. I, I, it's I, an important thing for, in the art. It's one of those important things yeah. that I'm not paying attention <laughs> yeah. to right now. <laughs> one of the things I love too that you said though, and I feel like I'm in a similar time zone or, or space is finite, fine art versus fine craft because mm-hmm. for the longest time, craft when you said the word craft in the united states it was very americana kind of crafty mm-hmm. crafty or helping hands at home or before, be, before quilting became what it the art right. form that it is today i mean it, it was there was quite a, a line of demarcation like if you're an artist, if you do this and you're just a crafts person, if you do this. And I feel like I was always super interested in that intersection part, in that um, women's work kind of part. And, and right. the, the things that might've been thought of as everyday objects, but in fact, they were art and creativity. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember um, I spent some time in England and I would go, I, I, I was trying to wrap my head around how craft in Europe was seen as a whole different thing. It was, it was elevated in a way it wasn't in, in the States. And, and maybe that's why I was so I'm drawn to the work I'm drawn to, because it feels like you kind of put a stake in the ground, like I'm doing this my way, which felt super fresh, but it's influenced by, Mm -hmm craft and making and farming and what I see every day, cake, bicycles, dogs. It's those everyday things instead of untouchable, fine, fine, very, I spent all this time, you know, doing this one thing. And, um, I don't know. I just find, I was really um, interested in that conversation because I think it's, it's, I, I I watched that happen for myself, my own kind of understanding about craft and art and I feel like it's okay now to say I, I like to I enjoy crafts like I, yeah. crafts. <laughs> <laughs> I know I think it's awesome <laughs> I think it's awesome and you're you have really faithful clients and customers too which I love I do I you know I was just thinking so art of world the largest art crawl in North America yes um, 26 years in the making is my studio is right in the heart of that and we haven't of course been able to have one for the last two years and it's coming up so I'm getting ready for that but um I've had customers who came to my very first, very, very, very first art of world and, you know, spent $10 on a stenciled pillow yeah. and, you know, are still coming and families, like people who like moms and little girls, I have a lot of moms and little girls who, and they're not little girls anymore, you right. know, like they're uh, young adults and well, they come back am- to my studio every year. And it's just, it's lovely. I love that. And just, and, and you don't think about that when you're starting, right? That you're going to have these relationships right. that grow with you. And I imagine you, you influenced who knows who might be an artist of those kiddos because they right, have been exactly. visiting you. So I do a calendar. I self produce a calendar every year and just 
I cried this last year, like happy cry about all of the, like, like, so I'll, you know, I'll send a note with the calendar if you buy it, you know, just people who are like, you know, the entire 15 years I've been making a calendar. It's part of their tradition and their kids have their own homes down. So you'll have to find a place for your Amy Rice calendar. And I'm like, that's amazing. It is amazing. (laughs) You to, I keep thinking of other things I want to ask you, but will you tell the story that you told on your Instagram about that dog painting? I will. I will. So, oh my gosh, um, I saw that the other day. It started as just fine art for artists to open their studio, but it has turned into something way huger. Like there's every bar has live music and like really famous bands. I mean, it's a, it's a huge deal. Just the city is thousands and thousands and thousands of people come out. Right. So, um, this was, it's gotta be like nine years ago now because pumpkin, my dog pumpkin was a puppy, but, um, it was rainy. So like all the people that would generally be outside were in the buildings. And during Art of World, I have like a thousand people a day come through my studio all wow. day long. It's just Holy cow. so many people. So this year it was even more and they were wet, right? Like thousands of wet people coming through my studio. So I heard these guys come in like down the hall, like they're all, look at this bad boy and like high fiving and they're like drunk. They're, you know, frat boys. And you're like, of, Oh God, don't come in here. Stereotype in my head of who they were. And I sure. was like, right so they come into my studio and they weren't even there a minute and one of them just starts crying just sobbing in front of a painting um and his buddies were all like oh my gosh what is wrong right and they were really kind and they were really soft voiced like they just changed instantly and he said um this dog looks like my childhood dog but also I really thought I'd be in a place in my life right now where I could own a dog and I'm so far from that and just bawling. So his buddies, they all dug into their pockets and the painting was a hundred bucks. They came up with like $86. I remember the bills were all damp and crumbled. Oh my God. (laughs) No more beer for them. Oh my God. I bought him this painting and it just, it always, I always remember you never know when art is really gonna strike somebody, like do the thing it's meant to do. And if you get to witness that, it's kind of amazing. And also you can't know who's gonna buy art. Like that whole ill of me, right? Like when they came in. Right, right. They were customers. And you know, um, one of them is still a customer. Really? Still comes back, dog art. He buys dog art. Oh my gosh, Amy, that is the best story. (laughs) I saw that on your Instagram the other day. And I'm sure I shed a tear or two because I just, you don't. And I'm constantly reminded that my quick judgments mean nothing (laughs) in the real world. Yeah. I love that. What a, that is such a great story. I love that one still a customer as well. Right. Oh, I art world is going to be so much fun. I hope so. (laughs) I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. It's been so it's been a couple of years and um, I think it will be. Um, I imagine you'll see faces that you haven't seen in a while and just that feeling of support. Exactly. And I mean, the arts community has been very supportive that first year we didn't have art world. I made online sales that weekend that, you know, we're, 
the people were stepping up and being like, we have to support our artists. So, so that's been, that's been good. That's been really interesting. I have, because I haven't had my studio open for two years. It's a disaster. Like (laughs) this whole week, I'm just like moving things around and, and, you know, putting them up in the loft. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So you've had a card. Tell me like you've had your calendar, which I love, but I feel like you've had a card line for a long time too. For over a decade. Yeah. With artists to watch who are uh, based here in the twin cities, but they have international distribution and um they've switched hands okay. um and they're they just kind of recently started a sticker line oh, you said to, you have new stickers yeah you know it's pretty great i get I, I would say at least at least once a month somebody reaches out to me and says hey i'm traveling in you know australia and here are your cards and they you know take a picture and um so yeah it's been that's been really great um, and and the, actually, for me, the great thing about it, I'm not an illustrator, right? I, I have never illustrated a card for them. They like once a year or twice a year, they just look through all the art that I've made in the last six months, and then they pick something from mm, that. That's you cool. Know? Did they approach you in the first place? They were like, we'd love to make cards with your yeah, art? Yep, yeah, yep. Originally, yes. Yeah, so, that's great. And I love that it's gone on for 10 years. Yeah, I've had over 200 designs in their line like some of them have been retired and every now and then they bring one back and so i don't know I love, it's nice and i think people listening i i want to encourage that thought because i think sometimes we think oh i have to illustrate for this card size thing and put my work in front of all the right people but it's not necessarily the case it's you doing what you love to do which comes across and certainly it helps if you know you if you if you're in front of the right person in some way mm-hmm. but the fact that they could take your painting scan it high res get a high res image of that and to you know 10 years later still- right and i'm still making money off of the things that i you know are i made 10 years ago and it's long long been sold yeah so, I love and I'm, that. you know i i've tr- every now and then there somebody will i will get an illustration gig and then like once a year i have to remind myself i'm not an illustrator <laughs> because i'll take the gig and then it's just not as good and it takes me forever um, do you think I, that's because you're trying to kind of design around their parameters yeah yeah definitely and if so then I think I really learned from working with the artists with disabilities is that there's something else that has more to do with if your line work is really good and your composition is good, like all that's important, but there is something else. There's like something else. And if it's an intangible, do you know? And yeah. that's yeah. in my artwork. And if somebody else says, I would like you to draw a, an X, Y, Z, it's just never going to be as good unless I had an interaction with that X, Y, Z, whatever. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I get that because I feel like you're all, you start the project like that thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to do it right? Am I going to give them what they're thinking? Mm -hmm. And when you're doing your own art, you're like, I'm thinking about zinnias right now and I'm going to paint them this way. And so you don't have that added stress maybe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or influence. If you've been around for a bit, you know how passionate I am about community and connection among creatives. Being in the creative industry myself for a long time and getting to know many different areas of it, I can personally speak to the challenges that go into building confidence as an artist, managing all the ideas, tasks, and projects as a creative, and feeling alone and isolated when much of your work is done solo. 
This is exactly why I teamed up with brand consultant Natalie of Studio Shepherd to bring you Relish Your Creativity. Hey, Margo, I'm so excited to finally have a space to facilitate and continue the real conversations that you have here on Windowsill Chats. Relish Your Creativity is a monthly creative community designed to help clarify your creative journey. Whether you're an artist, an illustrator, maker, or creative, this community bridges the gap between art, product, and a life fulfilled. It's made up of like-minded creatives who are ready to grow in their artistic endeavors as well as grow a profitable business. It really is. We bring you monthly trainings where we deep dive into relevant topics. There's live group mentorship with myself and Natalie. There's a private Facebook group. We have great guest speakers, live chats, and a really caring community. And we want to offer you a little taste of this membership. And so we wanted to invite anyone and everyone to join our free community chat that happens on Zoom the second Thursday of every single month. We call this free Zoom Relish Open Studio because it's a comfortable creative space where we can simply just come together. To register, head over to relishyourcreativity.com backslash open studio. Or if you already know this membership is right for you, we would truly love to see you inside. If you have dreamt of having your artwork out in the world, that is our jam. The Relish Your Creativity community is waiting just for you. You, Amy and I worked on a, a licensing line for Midwest CBK when I worked with them, which was really fun. It was, it was back in the days when we had um, more freer reign to work on projects like that. But it, it, that worked similarly, where we looked together at your work and then mm-hmm. and said, let's try some cushions and a trunk and some other things like that. And I think that must have been an interesting because you had just had you had just had a book come out before that right. uh the stunt playing with stencils is playing with stencils. stencils it's a very cool book i'll put a link to it in the show notes too but it was really fun to see some other products come to life that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do on your own but you know it's that always- was such an amazing opportunity for me and i really i realized like how lucky i was because you know like after that there, I mean, there's just so many, like there's people who go to school and they study surface pattern design. And I don't even know how to apply for that. Kind of, I mean, yeah. thing. like you guys just came in and like took the artwork that you thought would look good on things and put it on the things. And then <laughs> do you know what else was really cool is when I got the artist samples is when I got my first house that I bought. Like, oh, right. So like, yeah. I don't hang my own artwork in my house at all. But right. the pillows, like I, I'm actually looking over there and I still see, like I saw pillows oh. and like, you know, furniture. I, love that. I, I just, I love that. It's so, it was so exciting. You know, I, and again, that was just you. And I can't drive this point home, doing what you love, putting out into the world, what, what, what felt right for you and somebody else being able to say, gosh, what if we did this with it? And that was, that was pretty magical. Those were some fun products to make. And I remember taking, putting your big paintings in the back of my car and taking them to be scanned. So, oh, so fun. Yeah. 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 That was, I love the adventures that we get to go on. Pretty awesome. So you have new stickers. Is that with, um, artists to watch too. No, I do, but I also did my did online you do your own. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, right. Yeah. I just like, I had some art that I like, um, that this 
artist to watch had passed over for stickers. I'm like, I still think that would make a good sticker. So I just, I have this thing that's called sticker club and uh, people, okay, because you know, to buy, to have stickers be able to, oh, what am I trying to say? They're very expensive to make unless you make a billion of them. Right, right. right? So like to just make samples that are expensive. So sticker club is, people basically supporting me making the sample stickers to, to figure out what I'm going to make as a wholesale that. sticker. And, and so that's like, that's my true fan base, right. Or the yeah. people who, who are in sticker club. And so they get 25 stickers for 25 bucks and like they they might, might be misspelled. It might not ever work out, but it's helped me develop the sticker line. Um, so now I have eight stickers that are on, you know, they're wholesale. I have them on fair for wholesale now, Cool. you know, and, um, I'm not losing money. <laughs> right. But that's such, but see, that's you thinking outside the box and you're like, yeah, I can figure out how to pay for these stickers. Or I have this customer base that I know will pay this much for a painting. Maybe they'll pay $25 for stickers. And there well, you go. especially as my artwork has gotten more expensive yeah. and, um, my customer base, like I have, you know, a lot of, a lot of my customer base are social workers and teachers and farmers yeah. and no one is going to buy, you know, a $1,500 painting from Groveland of those people, right. but right. they've supported me all these years. And so being able to offer, you know, st- something I'm passionate about, it's not just yeah. like a throwaway print, you know, No, and it's, like, then they get a piece of your art. I think that's so cool. Yeah. So that, that's, that's been fun. I, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love that you have, you have them out there and you jumped on fair and all that good stuff. Yeah. I thought of another story that might be interesting for people. I couldn't do this, even though I really wanted to because of work, but I remember you put out to your kind of, I don't know, it was an email or an Instagram or something that you wanted people because you wanted to do this whole cake series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Women in cake. cake. Yeah. A cakewalk. So how did that tell tell us about that? Well, I won a, I was an awarded a Minnesota state art. Oh, that's right. It had to go with the grant. Yeah. Right. So part of the grant was me trying to figure out like, like I I like to draw people, but I, I like to take pictures of people to draw them from the pictures. And so to pay models. And then when, when it came down to it, I'm like, well, I have really beautiful friends. So Mm -hmm. like maybe my friends should just be the models. So the models for the cakewalk were a lot of local artists, a lot of local shop owners. And um, it was such a fun day. Like we, we did a cakewalk just like you would. We made all the cakes and we, you know, we did it outside and I took the pictures. And um, so, yeah, that was really, that was really fun. That was a, a fun, um, I liked thinking about cakewalks because it was a way that women could use their talents to help um, an organization they cared about often it was like a school or a church and mm-hmm. and then they, they could show their creativity with their cake Absolutely. too at a time where women often didn't have an opportunity to to contribute creatively and it was something people like almost all ladies had everything that they needed to make cakes but I mean for me also like that whole series had to do with like a certain era and and clothes people wear. And I collected vintage dresses for like a year and made everybody all my, it was fun too. Cause like all, when all my girlfriends showed up, I realized I have girlfriends who would not put a dress on to save their life, but they were, (laughs) they thought ahead and like wore 1940s clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've had like some interesting feedback from people about 
I don't know, just being able to recognize that those are all women, right? And that that yeah. kind of that like gender, um, thinking about that like a, a while ago and in the paintings and how how much I appreciated my friends and yeah, how how that made it even more special, you know. I just remember watching that and hearing about the grant and then and then you know, sort of your call for people who wanted to do that and the fact that it would be, you know. To period clothing, period right clothing, cakes, you know, and just so for people who don't know, maybe it's an American American thing. I don't know, but a cakewalk, I can remember it growing up every Halloween at at my school, there was all these different rooms where you did different things. And one of them was a cakewalk and there were pieces of paper with a number on the floor and you went and what they... I remember, correct me if it was different, but they played music. And then when the music stopped, kind of like musical chairs, if you were on a certain square and they called like square 10, then you got to go pick a handmade cake from the table of the laden table of these gorgeous handmade cakes and take it home with you. Yeah. And we did for the cakewalk for the grant for the public situation we had an actual cakewalk and bakers local bakers donated fancy wow. cakes and through that year i collected um cake domes i love cake domes oh, yeah. so they were also in oh. cake domes oh. Oh. and the money went to um who what was the build out of the food co-op in our neighborhood oh, the charity see, that we picked Amy. and um yeah the funny thing was is, is there was okay there were 10 cakes 10 people so there was 100 tickets and we sold out in minutes wow. like people were so excited about a cakewalk yeah. um and then one of the other funny thing is we did not rig it but somehow my like my brand new mother-in-law and sister-in-laws won all the cakes <laughs> Oh my gosh. And the cool thing was you painted it all. Like you took these fabulous pictures, but then the paintings were amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, see, I just love how you think I, I, it's, it's so rooted in what I feel like must be your history, but just the simple pleasures, you know, a white dog with blue eyes on this turquoise ground and like the hollyhock panels and just, oh, bees and, and well, and another, th- we haven't even touched on this, which, <laughs> so you're printing on maps, mm-hmm. your quotes, your block printed quotes on maps. You were the first one to do that. And those you must've sold hundreds of. I was just, that's funny. So I had a girlfriend come help me clean out my studio yesterday. And, uh, um, when everyone, anyone visits me at my studio now, I'm like, look through that box of maps with the quotes on them because I'm done with that. And you can take any ones for free, right? Those are for you, right? And I, because I'm, I've been done with that for a couple of yeah, years now. But, but they were huge. Etsy helped me quit my, between Etsy and that printing press, which I bought for $200, wow. um, helped me quit my day job. Like, wow. you know, that was... I sold thousands and thousands. I had a full-time studio assistant for a while. And wow. I and I kept thinking, well, this is this 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 will pass. Like this is a fad and it will pass. And then it it didn't for yeah. like I gave up on it before it gave up on me. <laughs> well, and after- I still get I still get messages on the regular. They're like, yeah. do you have a blah, blah, blah in this state? And I'm like, I'll look, right? <laughs> if you're from Oklahoma, I probably I might. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's going to be so fun to pull pictures for when this, when this airs, because there's, I love your work so much. And there's so many, for me, it's, um, 
yeah, it's a bit of a trip down memory lane as well. Just kind of remembering these, these things. And I love in the background, you have, do you have seedlings started? Do you have seeds started behind yeah. you for your flowers? I have so we, so it's a late spring here. And usually yeah. by now, uh, all the things in the house would be in greenhouses or, you know, ready, ready to go on the ground soon. But we have like 500 plants and sprouts and seedlings in our house under oh light. Right so like with the exception of my bedroom, like every room, <laughs> I love that. it's just like, they're getting too big. And, but I do kind of love it. I mean, the plants are the boss of me right now. Like, you know, my whole life is plants, 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 and oh. we'll be again for a while, but yeah. Well, I love how it translates. Well, I wish I could come to Art Aware. I can't wait to kind of take a bird's eye view from Instagram. Margo, can I tell you about Lanesboro, Minnesota? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> okay. Have you been to Lanesboro, Minnesota? Have I? Where is it? So it's in the Driftless Zone. It's south of Rochester. It's okay. north of Dubuque, Iowa. Um, Probably not unless yeah, so I quickly a, drove it's, through. It's a town of 700 people. Okay. And the Driftless Zone is a, a geographically interesting place. So it's like in a giant rock bowl, the town mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. people. Oh, is and that where they have the big long bike path? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the the route No, I haven't been there, there but I know about it. Yeah. So um they have a town ordinance that you, there are no um, And they have the big flood. Big what? They had a big flood several years ago. Oh, I, feel I like. bet they did. I didn't know about it. Anyway, that. sorry, but, I digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they um they have an ordinance, no chain businesses okay so this town that was built in like 1830 so it's like beautiful it's like old-fashioned buildings and everything is you know unique they have two chef driven restaurants 700 people but they also have a really nice community-run art gallery um juried you know two years out in a theater like a live professional theater which I don't know if, you know, people who aren't from a rural area, look how un- crazy unusual. Unusual, yeah, is, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So I had a, I have an art show there currently until the end of the month. And um, end of April? May, end of May. End of May. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. And um, I went down with the, for the opening with my husband. And um, the community is so amazingly supportive. Like there are, you know, probably 200 people who came out to the opening with like a million questions about, my art and what was nice is I haven't I've had three solo exhibitions in the last two years that no one got to see oh wow right? yeah, so, yeah. Like, this was very very nice but um it's really made me think about like art and rural areas especially as somebody who is kind of transitioning myself as an artist out of the city which is kind of scary you yeah. know and what does that feel like how yeah. how, will, how will you be supported in that Right. So this really kind of gave me hope. I mean, it's our farm is north of the Twin Cities and this is south and it's a whole different ballpark in terms of who has money and you know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. It was really Lanesboro. Like I just got to highly recommend it. Wow. What's the name visit. of the gallery? It's Lanesboro Art Center. It's a okay. it's a non, it's a community arts center. Um, so the community runs it, but it's just I, I mean, that. it's you know, it's professional. It's fancy pants you know yeah. um but the but the town wasn't it also wasn't pretentious uh-huh. you know it was just it was pretty amazing um oh I'm so I, glad I'm so glad it, you know and, and it is those thoughts because you know when you're when you're in a city and you can quickly go to that coffee shop and say hey can I put or there's mm-hmm. a small galleries you know about but to venture out like that 
I'm so glad that that worked out. And, right. Yeah. And no, it it's felt been, good. It's been really nice. Um, and then I, I wanted to say something too, I think that you and your audience would be interested in is I, I met an elderly artist. She was in her late eighties and she asked me a lot of questions about how, my mediums, like how like she could tell like there's a million things in my artwork. And she's like, yeah. you must have a lot of stuff. And I was like, I do have a lot of stuff. But then I talked about how some of the work in that show I had done on a retreat last fall where I'd got an Airbnb. And so I could only take so many things with me, ah. like a very limited amount of art supplies, which is unusual for me right yeah yeah and like just the difference in working with like a giant studio full of everything you could ever want in that art supply versus right. an airbnb where what could i carry with me I love so that. then something very it's just been on my mind so much she said to me that she has been highly considering how she would continue to have an art practice in an assisted living situation oh, or in a what nursing a home. Mm. And she didn't say it in a way that was sad or self-pitying. Right. It was just like a reality of life. So huh. I've been thinking about that a lot and especially thinking about that, getting my studio ready for art. Like uh-huh. that amount of things right. that I need to make art. And, you know, I don't have to think about assisted living for a long time, but I'm going to think about that now. Right. Like right. as I move forward as an artist about how many things do you need in one painting? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, that just brings up all sorts of thoughts for me because I, you know, every once in a while um, I'll take a class or I'll be going somewhere so I can only take one thing. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I love that kind of forced narrowing down, but yeah. to, to have it be noticed and then talked about, and then to think about, I always say, and you said it too, you, you're not, you're never going to retire. You're going to be making art. And I feel like even if I didn't, like, I think we'll still think creatively, but what about those times where you're in a small place, you're mm-hmm. older, you're, um, you can't, your options aren't that you can have all those things. What would you take? Right. If there is. And of course, you know, my brain's just spinning, but it's like, what about working with what about donating art supplies what about working with people like that you know I want well, to I've been looking at her art online and because of my my experience working with artists trying to overcome challenges yes um, art making you know my brain is just like yeah well, sure. that's about how I can assist her um so like that's been really interesting and I've you know I've started a letter to her with my ideas about like the her art is very, a lot of line work. It's really beautiful and like really high end coloring pages. Mm. We wouldn't call them that, but you know, like having right, her artwork right. did really nicely and, you know, mm. for nice pens or just, you know, just yeah. thinking about that. And then of course that just really makes me think about, about myself and my own art and how yeah. I do a lot of coloring in. <laughs> right. right. And to, to limit it, I love your, yeah. where you were going with that. You know, that makes me think I have an aunt who's in a, a small um, senior living place. And she's, she, I think she, I don't remember her painting when we were growing up, but she's, her watercolor is just getting better and better and better mm-hmm. because that's, she has time now and um, she limited it to that, you know, right. she's just finding other people to paint with and to do classes with, but 
And this lady thought of it as a new opportunity. I love that. You know, and I, I just, that. yeah, I really appreciate, I appreciated meeting her and, and it's, it's informed me in cleaning out my studio. Wow. Like, I'll bet. We have a free table. So there's third, there, there's uh 30 years of artists, over a hundred artists. Our free table is amazing. I'll right. So- <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe I'm going to jump on a plane. <laughs> I know every time I walk by it on my way to work, like sometimes I'll pick a thing up and I'll take it up with me. And then at the end of the day, I'll just put it back on the free table. Right. I just yes. need to know if I want it for like, but the other times I'll have it for maybe six months and I'll put it back on the free table or sometimes I'll see something that I put on the free table five years ago. <laughs> the cool thing about that though, is that when you're, when you feel like it's being passed on to somebody who's really going to appreciate it, it's mm-hmm. much easier to pass it on. Exactly. I had really a, is. I had a, uh, a patron. There's no other way to describe her a woman who's been buying my artwork for almost 20 years she passed away and Mm. after she passed I got big packages of things like quilting like antique quilting templates and just amazing things that don't really fit you know what I do I've been holding on to them and I took out three nice things and I put the rest on the free table and I was able to put them on the free table knowing that someone in my building was gonna lose their mind with happiness Yes. to discover those things and make oh. something out of those things. Oh my gosh. I love that. If any of you listening have, are in a place where you have studios and you don't have a free table, I hope you're thinking about it right now. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm so glad you brought up that having that conversation with that lovely woman as well. Mm-hmm. It just makes, it's going to keep me thinking for sure. <laughs> have you done um, much teaching of art teaching or teaching to other people I know you've done the book which was teaching in a way but have you done any online I occasionally do a lino cut class in my studio just I don't know every now and then I just get a bee in my bonnet that I that's the thing I want to do and um, I usually make you know limit it to like three or four people and then I do that um occasionally do um not so much teaching but like not even art consulting but that whole about helping I help people put together a body of work right like just like that's cool staying focused on you know I feel like there's a lot of people who are amazing artists but they and they would really like to exhibit their work but they have 20 pieces of art that don't look anything alike. Right. Right. Really. And they don't know how to document it. And they don't, they don't, they don't start their work with any kind of plan as to how you'd hang it on the wall. Right. right. And so like, I, I do some of, I do some called like consulting work surrounding how to get an art show. And it has nothing to do with if I think your work is good That's or cool. like not critiquing one's artwork or teaching right. how to make art. It's just, the practical that's but people really need that yeah and and it just keeps people on track it's like I have a trainer at the gym and if I didn't Mm -hmm. have a trainer like I would go to the gym and I would like spend an hour (laughs) doing this and that and once I get sweaty I'm like I'm done so like you know I feel like it's kind of like having a trainer like you get you, you know I train people to stay a little focused and if you're paying me money you're probably way more likely like I am with my trainer to stay on task yeah (laughs) I love that I love that you do that oh so many good things happening I I wish I could hop down to to Lanesboro right now yeah well put it on your on your bucket list because it's amazing I will to go I will absolutely I'm so glad to have this time 
I, you know, I love to know who's inspiring you and you mentioned Mary Englebright, but, um, and you've, you mentioned a lot of great inspiring things, but do you have kind of three people that you can think of that are inspiring you? Oh my gosh. You wrote, I wrote this down. I know. I, I can remind you what you said if you want. Unless yeah. yeah. Remind smart. me what I said. So you said Mary Englebright. Yeah. She's awesome. She is awesome. She's such a, I love how she thinks for herself and shares that with the world. I just love I appreciate that. her immensely for yes, that. I do Especially, too. you know, I'm somebody who has got a big mouth and I, I shoot myself in the foot sometimes with my big mouth and man, she's, I feel like she's been like, Amy, that's okay. Right? <laughs> like, like if you believe it from your heart, it's okay. Right. Right. I, yeah. She gives permission. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. I do too, because I think, um, from the outside looking in it, you know, for, from all those years of her success and her putting beautiful things out into the world, people might think, Oh, you know, little cottage, little perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And then you get like, this is how I think. And this is what I stand for. And I respect that so much. I just love Me that too. so much. Yep. I love it. Well, that's a good one. And then Goodwin Sojin. And I don't know if I said that right. And I, I know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love her. Her sister you know is a listener. To- yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course you do. I'm yeah. sure you have, you own her some of her clothes. I, I certainly do. Yes, I do. Yeah. I just, she's been, she's just an artist who's, she's older, you know, I don't know. She's, she's an older woman, but she's been just like, she kicks it out all the time. Yeah. And it's right? awesome. Like new. <laughs> and I feel like she does it in a way, kind of like you've said a couple of times in this conversation where it's like, well, maybe you're supposed to do it this way, but I'm doing it that way. You know, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Her color and, and her marketing and her no. catalogs and her models and all of it. It just feels oh. the way she comes by combines patterns and colors and yeah, I would say like every two months, somebody sends me a link to her. Like they just discovered her and they're like, Amy, you need to know about this. Right? Yeah. You, you fit right in, in to be. Yeah. I love that. That's, that makes a lot of sense that you would, you would say her, uh, her national, uh, or no, her American warehouse is coming to Minneapolis. What? It's not going to be a store. Right. But it's okay. so I'm just like fingers crossed warehouse sale. Right. Oh yeah. You'll be first in line. I love that. <laughs> And then you said Mariana Trevino White, right? Right. So um, she's the director of the Butterfly Center that's in Mission, Texas. Oh, wow. And um, the, the Southern Border Wall uh, go- is, there's been issues with the Southern Border Wall and the butterflies. Yeah. And they, um, they reached out to me before the pandemic and asked if I would make artwork. Um, kind of a educating and enlightening people about vulnerable ecosystems and what they were dealing with there. And she's just, so it's been a couple of years of, you know, a pandemic and politics and, um, and she's just somebody who wants to help butterflies. Oh my God. And she's just, she's been able to handle all of that with just such amazing uh, grace. And um, so I really respect her. And I'm, I did a, you know, we, we really had this thing going and it was exciting. So we're hoping to get kind of back on track with, with an art, um, art exhibition and, and something. So we're just creative awareness. We got, we got off track, but I'm, I'm feeling like we're, we're going to get back. Well, on we track all got off track. We had no yeah. choice, but it's been, you know, it was interesting. I was starting that work and then like 
like one, of, they have a turtle or no, not a turtle. They have a giant tortoise. His name is Spike. And um, he, his house started on fire. So it was sad and he was Aww. injured, but he's okay. He's going to be okay. But um, so I made a, a line of print and it says persevere and it was Spike the tortoise. Aww. And it's just like for the, like, you know, early 2020, when I was making that all of a sudden, it just resonated in a way bigger way than just oh, about yeah. Spike the tortoise. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it kind of seemed like every piece of art that I had made for the butterfly centers, it, it, it was talking about the world in general yeah. in a way that I had not anticipated. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, so that, so those are, those oh, are that's, that's right so now. appropriate and so perfect too, because I feel like really your work is full of so much care for the environment and, you know, you, you came from that naturally and you're putting back into the environment and your, your property and, and the artwork you do it just that's full circle. So I'm really glad to, I think I, something that she said that I really appreciated that I think is true is that like, she's like, we could have found an artist that would be like, this is bad. This, right. you know, like really like a negative approach. And they were hoping that I could, take the issue, which is, you know, divisive and uh, scary and approach it from a way that was like a, try to approach it in a positive way, you know? Um, And I kind of feel like through like working with artists with disabilities, I would, sometimes I'd be prone to be like, we're going to protest. And then my boss would be the thing that you're doing with the art and the positivity is that's what's going to change things, not the getting all worked up and mad about things, right? And there is a place for that. There's a, but I'm not that person, right? I'm not that, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be that person. I should be the person who makes the positive art, the pro, the, you know, I'm pro this and I'm like happy about this as opposed to I'm against these things. Well, and, and there's, I mean, that's the, that's a negotiation track tactic, right? You, you bring people in, in a, in a way that they're interested in. You're not yelling at him. I try that daily with my 14 year old. (laughs) You have this, it made me think of your caterpillar picture. And I was trying to remember. That is how the butterfly center found me. In fact, actually, so they posted that on their website without credit and I was in a mood, right? (laughs) I love so, it. I was like, she instantly called me and was like, I am so sorry. And we're going to like resolve this. And then do you want to work with us? And they turned that, they turned that image into a t-shirt that they sold oh. the benefit. Can you they say the quote? Me. They were like, how much do we have to pay you? And I was like, well, let me look into it. And then as soon as I looked at their website and realized what they were doing, yeah. I was like, oh, well you use that, you know? Oh, that's so good. Teaching a child not to step on a caterpillar is as valuable to the child as it is to the caterpillar. Uh, Bradley Miller originally said that. And um, he that was in the book, um, diet for new America. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to write that down too. So good. I, I just love what you stand for. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Amy for being here and Thank for talking you. to me. I just, I'm such a fan. I just love what you do. And I feel oh, like you. you make the world a better place, brighter and more cheerful for sure. So thanks. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. 
Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.